Welcome to Brand Saving the Planet. I'm Kelly Rogan, and this is the podcast where we talk to startup founders working to make this world a better place, to learn from their journey and help you grow your own impact startup. Welcome, Jennifer. We are super excited to have you on the podcast. I know I've been following kind of a bit of your story for a while now, and I'm super excited to dive a little bit deeper. I know kind of in terms of titles and kind of who you are in, in that sense, I know you're a founder, an author, um, you're even a doctor, so there's a lot we can learn from you, and I'm really excited to hand it over to you to give us you know, an introduction about your journey, kind of what has led you onto um, sustainable businesses, you know, where did this passion come from? And if you could describe kind of your current role and projects that you're focused on. Um, yeah, so thank you, Kelly, for having me on the podcast today. Um, and for that introduction, I will give your listeners a, a little bit of background about me and sort of how I got here. Um, so as you mentioned, I am a um, professor of sustainable business. So I have a PhD in international development and an MBA in environmental management and sustainability. And I also have a company, which I'll probably talk a little bit about throughout our conversation today, but my company is 3P Insights. And um, what we do at 3P Insights is help businesses improve their triple bottom line. So we really emphasize sort of holistic sustainability and this 3P of sustainability approach, people, planet, and profit in the consulting, coaching, training, and learning um, opportunities that we offer. So um, I guess I'll give you a little bit of background on, on how I got here. <laughs> and and um, basically, I, I grew up in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, which is one of the U.S. most pristine regions. And so being outside in nature has always been sort of a fundamental part of, of who I am and my social identity. But as I got older, and especially as I went to college, I started thinking more about how my habits impact the environment. But I also really started getting involved in social causes, especially those related to diversity and inclusion. Um, so for example, in, in my undergrad, I started volunteering with an organization called Communicating Common Ground, which is a program that forges strategic relationships between students to create intercultural understanding, address differences in meaningful and tangible ways, and provide crucial leadership in reducing racial, ethnic, and religious prejudice and intolerance throughout central Minnesota, which is where I completed my undergraduate degree. And so um, you had mentioned in your introduction that I am an author, and I did publish a book with Emerald Publishing last summer on diversity and organizational development where I really look at sort of the impacts of diversity in the workplace, as well as the opportunities that diversity um, presents. And one of, the, one of the areas of my research looks at how diversity and inclusion contribute to sustainable development. Um, so I, I really started making those connections between social and environmental justice and the economy when I was in my MBA and PhD programs. 
Um, but I also was really interested in sort of the role that businesses could play in making positive societal change and impact. My, my parents are small business owners and I've been around the business community my entire life. So starting a research program that really looked at the role of business in economic, social, and environmental development came natural for me. Um, so I did end up being hired as an assistant professor of business and social science at Northland College, which is an environmental liberal arts college in northern Wisconsin. I teach primarily in our sustainable business concentration as well as a few courses in our sustainable community development program. But I also teach some of our foundational business courses like strategic planning and our capstone course, as well as entrepreneurship. And even in those foundational business courses, I really emphasize using business as a way to help advance the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Mm -hmm. And so I've been teaching business for 10 years now, and for about the last six years or so, I've had local business owners and even some fairly large corporations reach out to me for support, both in terms of improving their environmental and social impacts, but also to just help them with planning so they can run a successful business. So mm -hmm. after I finished my PhD program, um, a few years ago, I, I decided that it was time to put all of the triple bottom line support services and coaching services that I've been doing for businesses and entrepreneurs under one umbrella. And mm -hmm. that's where the inspiration for my company came from. Um, taking so it out of the classroom, huh? Into the real world. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, well, I mean, I'm still in the classroom, but mm -hmm. in, you know, when you're offering sort of these you know, one-off support services, you really, you know, at some point you need to think about um, actually forming a business, right? And sort of the legal, mm -hmm. um, you know, formation things that you need to think about as well as the financial considerations. And so it, it got to the point where I was offering enough services that I needed to actually create a business around it. Um, mm -hmm. And so what I do is I really emphasize sort of a holistic approach to, to business sustainability, you know, recognizing that in business, we do need to pursue profit, And there are even some mm -hmm. legal, you know, considerations in terms of how much profit we need to be earning every year. But just because we're pursuing profit doesn't mean we can't do good. And so improving those, you know, environmental and social impacts. Um, mm -hmm. but like you said, I am still in the classroom, <laughs> so I do still mm -hmm. have a full-time job and I'm actually going to be transitioning into a public policy position soon. So I created the 3P Insights Learning Library to, to help business owners and keep offering support for business owners who want to really go from being, you know, a purpose-driven entrepreneur to an impact entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. That kind of brings me on to to the next topic I want to dive deeper into because I, you know, with a lot in, in recording this podcast, I've had a lot of conversations around kind of how we want, you know, in this world of sustainability, those who are really already deep in it and spent years, you know, or building their career in it, we, we prefer entrepreneurship just to be impact or social as the norm, right? But there definitely is nowadays, there still is a difference between your average entrepreneur and someone who would consider themselves an impact entrepreneur. So can you help us kind of break down that definition? You know, how would you decide, you know, define 
purpose-driven versus impact and kind of where, what are the key differences there? Yes. So I would love to chat about that. Um, and I'll probably have kind of a long-winded uh, explanation <laughs> here, but it's important to understand that, you know, the concept and practice of entrepreneurship has evolved over the years. Um, like you mentioned, um, you know, there is sort of this conventional understanding of business that, you know, businesses in, you know, the, as an institution, it's, its role is to earn a profit. Um, but, you know, there's kind of this evolving understanding that, you know, businesses really need to be doing something more than just earning a profit. Um, and they should be, you know, concerned, entrepreneurs should be concerned with more than just sort of disrupting the current order for profit. And through this space where entrepreneurs are using their business as a force for good, we've seen a few different terms emerge that are often used interchangeably, but actually represent different types of entrepreneurial ventures. And I'm sure you've heard of them, right? We hear this term mm -hmm. social entrepreneurship, we hear this term eco entrepreneurship, ethical entrepreneurship, and of course, purpose driven entrepreneurship. And we also hear this term impact entrepreneurship, which we're talking about today. Um, so some business practitioners and even some scholars argue that all business owners are purpose-driven entrepreneurs, right? Even if it's just profit um, or sustaining your own personal livelihood, all businesses have a purpose. But mm. when we talk about purpose-driven entrepreneurs in sustainability, we are really talking about the social and eco entrepreneurs that we see. And so we're not just thinking, well, of course, all businesses have a purpose. We're thinking it much, you know, thinking about it much more broadly in terms of the social or environmental impacts that a business is trying to make. And so these purpose driven entrepreneurs have, like it sounds, a purpose beyond profit, but more specifically, they create or apply business models to achieve some sort of social or environmental value or change. So I, I think it's easiest to maybe consider a hypothetical example. Would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, let's say that we have a clothing company that donates a portion of its clothing to, let's say, for example, Souls for Souls, which is a nonprofit organization that collects new clothing and shoes to distribute to people in need, both in the U.S. and around the world. So maybe you've heard of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's say this business, right, donates a portion of um, their clothing to this organization, but let's say they go even further and they've instituted a clothing collection program through which its customers can maybe send back their unwanted clothing and have it donated to Souls for Souls. And maybe the company even donates a portion of its sales to help support the nonprofit's poverty fighting programs. This would be an example of purpose-driven business. They're doing good while selling their products. However, this doesn't mean that the clothing company is sustainable. The clothing itself may be manufactured in sweatshops for all we know, and just mm -hmm. because they donate to a good cause doesn't mean that they're producing their clothing sustainably. Okay. So unless further action toward holistic sustainability is taken, this business owner wouldn't be considered an impact entrepreneur. Um, 
impact entrepreneurship is really a management system that mm -hmm. encompasses the entire impact of a business's existence and value chain. Mm -hmm. from so so not making it an afterthought essentially you know it really comes at the beginning of the, the business process it does right it starts from suppliers to inbound mm -hmm. logistics to operations to distribution to mm -hmm. the actual product use and post-use stages of business development um and so throughout the value chain impact entrepreneurs implement tactics and strategies that will help them reduce their negative and increase their positive impacts throughout every stage of product development. And mm -hmm. so ventures run by impact entrepreneurs often have many dimensions to the mission. You know, it's not just about creating financial value or social value or environmental value. It's about creating all three during all stages of the product life cycle. And so impact entre entrepreneurs really seek a balance between people, planet, and profit, um, you know, the three pillars of sustainability. So it's not just about giving back or helping to solve one unique social or environmental problem. It's about making conscious strides to improve, you know, your sustainability through all, all functions of the company. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a tricky balance to maintain. So when you're, you know, when you are working with companies, whether they're just getting started or if they've, you know, already started and they want to kind of take a step back and, and really make sure they are, in fact, an impact entrepreneur, what would you say are kind of those first steps that need to be made? Yeah, so I think it's important to first recognize that this is not a quick process. Um, so, and it's also not to say that a purpose-driven entrepreneur isn't doing good, right? So we already established that they're doing good things, um, but, you know, weaving sustainability into the value chain through sort of a holistic approach um, does take quite a bit of time, um, even years for many businesses, and that's okay. So keep in mind that, you know, we'll talk about some first steps, but impact mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is about progress and not perfection. Mm -hmm. um, and so in the end, you know, businesses that make these conscious strides toward greater sustainability will beat out those who don't prioritize the well-being of society and our natural environment. Oh, I love that phrase right there. <laughs> I think I think that's our podcast title. Uh, that's, that's so true. It's like sustainable business and like, you know, in, being an impact entrepreneur in the end, it's good business. And it's like where it's becoming more apparent every single day. And so when you are, you know, when you're taking those steps and this is the type of business that you're trying to build, you are trying to be an impact entrepreneur, you know, how do you really know when you're making a positive impact? What are some ways that you advise on, on measuring this? And then in terms of communicating that, you know, because we're, you know, obviously we're in the marketing world. So we're, you know, very much in the communication and we miss a lot of the, the processes that you're talking about. So how, how do you advise them to communicate it in the most trustworthy, credible way? Yeah, so that is a great question. And I think I'm going to backtrack a little bit to sort of what the first steps are yeah, to making totally. the shift to, an, you know, being an impact entrepreneur. And then we'll talk about, you know, how can we actually know, right, that we're doing good. Um, so I would say that the first step, you know, toward becoming an impact entrepreneur is to define your priorities. 
one way to do this is to map the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals against your business's value chain. So you could consider you know, where your business can help advance the SDGs at each link. Starting with suppliers, for example, you might set a priority to source from ethical companies, which would help advance SDG three, good health and well-being. Or you might identify SDG eight as a priority in your operations by providing a living wage to all employees, or maybe SDG 10 by promoting diversity and inclusion in your workplace. And so after you've identified your priorities, you can begin to set impact goals. And finally, you can work to embedding those goals across your business functions. Like I mentioned, this is a, a you know, a time, time consuming process and it doesn't have to be finished right away. It can take years if, if that's what it takes. Um, but once we sort of get to a point where, you know, we've embedded these goals throughout our business functions, um, we have a model to, you know, create new ways to deliver and capture value as an impact entrepreneur, then of course, we need to know how to measure our impact. And so the practice of measuring your impact as an impact entrepreneur is called triple bottom line accounting. So maybe you've heard of this term before. Yeah, triple bottom line, yes, but I, I wouldn't say I've really heard of the accounting application. So interesting to hear about this. Yeah, so triple bottom line accounting uses sort of the traditional sense of accounting, right? Measuring your financial bottom line, but applies it to measuring all three bottom lines, your social, environmental, and financial bottom line. Now, the financial piece, we're not really going to talk about because we already know how to do that. Or if you're a business owner, you probably have an accountant that you work with who knows how to do that for you. Mm -hmm. um, and so triple bottom line accounting is um, a little bit more challenging because, you know, profitability is inherently quantitative, so it's easy to measure. But what constitutes social and environmental impacts can be, you know, somewhat subjective and therefore it's harder to measure. But there are a couple of tools that not only can help us measure our impact, but also report on it. And so one of my favorite tools is the SDG Compass from the United Nations to help businesses on how they can measure and manage their contributions. The SDG Compass encourages businesses to focus their measurement on what they call material issues. And those are the things that substantively influence the assessments and decisions of stakeholders. And so we might not necessarily look at every single impact we're making, especially if we're a larger business, it, it might be, you know, get really cumbersome to measure all of that. But you're looking at the things that really sort of make an impact on um, your, your stakeholders and the decisions that they make. Um, ultimately, businesses should compile information on their performance in, you know, the wider context of sustainability with references to their triple bottom line and the SDGs more broadly. Sustainability reporting is an organization's practice of communicating information on its economic, environmental, and social impacts. And like you mentioned, you know, it is really important that we have sort of a systemic approach to communicating our impacts. Um, we certainly don't want to be seen as, you know, greenwashing or color washing more broadly. And so, you know, having a tool to help us do that is also really beneficial. And 
the Global Reporting Initiative, or GRI, is the most widely used framework for sustainability reporting. And it's definitely what I recommend business owners follow for their sustainability communications. And actually, the GRI guidelines and methodology are recognized and used by all types of organizations worldwide. So it's, it's not just used by businesses, it can also mm -hmm. be used by NGOs and even in the public sector. And the GRI standards can be used to better understand and communicate your triple bottom line impacts leading to effective reporting on you know, how your organization is actually contributing to sustainable development. And so um, the, the GRI reporting initiative actually gives you sort of this step-by-step you know, -step process of, of how you can do that. Mm -hmm. We'll definitely include those links um, in the podcast show notes so we can share these resources. It sounds like a really great way to get started because in the end, we don't need to, you know, start from scratch. Um, I think it's really good to find the resources available to us and really make sure that we're, you know, communicating in a way um, that is already credible, that does have that, you know, um, measurement already built in. So we'll definitely include those links there. Um, and then in terms of, you know, moving forward, you know, once you're getting, once you're moving forward, you know, we are human, there's a lot of mistakes that we have to make day to day just because we're human. So I am kind of curious, you know, with so many different businesses that you have seen throughout your career, what are some of the most common challenges that founders face when they are trying to become an impact entrepreneur? Um, that's another great question. Um, so impact entrepreneurs, for the most part, have to do the same kinds of things that other entrepreneurs need to do, right? They need to, um, you know, solve the product market fit question. They mm -hmm. have to hire the best people with a limited budget. They have to manage finances and they have to figure out how to grow or scale. So the same kinds of things. But at the same time, there are some unique differences and challenges that impact entrepreneurs face. One of the most important is scaling. Now, scaling is often misunderstood by business owners. Um, it, it is different than growth. In general, when we think of growth, we think of it in linear terms. Right? A company adds new resources like capital, people, or technology, and its revenue increases as a result. Mm -hmm. By contrast, scaling is when your revenue increases without a substantial increase in resources. Mm -hmm. So processes that scale are those that can be done in mass without extra effort. Um, the sort of classic example is like through email marketing. Right? Uh -huh. Why do we rely on email marketing so heavily? It's because if I send an email to 10 people or a thousand, my effort is essentially the same. And so that's yeah. an idea of scaling. Mm -hmm. So scaling is really challenging for all business ventures, but it tends to be particularly challenging for impact entrepreneurs for a couple of reasons. The first being that impact entrepreneurs often align themselves with causes that may be extremely difficult to address. Mm -hmm. Now, arguably, purpose-driven entrepreneurs may have a tougher time with this, given the fact that their business model usually involves actually solving some of the world's toughest problems like poverty, <laughs> um, you know, which was the example we gave earlier. Yeah. Um, 
But for impact entrepreneurs, we're also aligning ourselves with causes and, and it, you know, these causes, these problems, these challenges that the world's, you know, facing are, are tough to address and tough to fix. And so that's one of the, the challenges for impact entrepreneurs. But another challenge is that our target audience for impact entrepreneurs tends to be a little bit narrower than traditional entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. um, although the share of, you know, the market consisting of sustainably minded consumers is definitely growing and research shows year after year that, you know, more and more consumers, especially millennials, mm -hmm. are looking for, you know, sustainability practices um, associated with the, the brands they're buying from. Mm -hmm. But it is still a bit smaller market than more conventional markets in terms of purchasing behavior. So sometimes we hear about, you know, the intention and, you know, action gap, right, where people intend to buy sustainable goods, but when it comes to the checkout line, you know, they go for the cheaper one. Um, and, and that's yeah. sort of, you know, another problem that um, entrepreneurs have is that some of the changes that they need to make um, in their value chain might be a little bit more expensive in the near term, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, our current structures and systems don't necessarily support sustainable business. And so finding those sustainable alternatives can be time consuming and sometimes even impossible. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, searching for these alternatives or innovating them yourself can take away from other business priorities that would help your venture scale. Um, but it's important to understand that those, those things that might seem a little bit more expensive in the near term will actually help, you know, the impact entrepreneur in the long term, um, because it is going to create, you know, greater brand loyalty if, if you're able to align yourself with causes that your target market cares about and, you know, mm -hmm. do good business. And so some of those, as well as the fact that some of the changes you make are actually going to save you in the long run, for example, if I change the lighting in my office, you know, to LED lights, it's, yeah, a, it's a little bit of an upfront investment, but it's going mm -hmm. to save me in the long term. So what I find is that, you know, people who are trying to become impact entrepreneurs, they see sort of the costs associated, you know, with the short term, and they don't think about sort of their long term objectives and, and how this could actually bring in more income or even save them, you know, to, by making those investments in the short term. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say, so you mentioned mistakes. So want to chat about mistakes for a second? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to so, make them. So I want to hear about them first. <laughs> yeah. So I would say that the biggest mis mistake I see among impact entrepreneurs is too much focus on the problems they're helping to solve at the expense of focusing on the good or the service that they're actually providing. Um, oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that one. Yeah. So in marketing management, we actually call this um, impact marketing myopia. Um, mm. It started out as sort of green marketing myopia, which there's uh, quite a few publications on now. Um, but really, as impact entrepreneurs, we're looking beyond just being green, right? We're, we're looking at sort of the social and economic impacts we're making too. And so um, what this means is that it's a myopic or nearsighted focus on a product's sustainability components at the expense of the actual need that a product is fulfilling. 
So in other words, you know, it's over concentration on the impacts you're making and not enough concentration on how your product or service is actually improving the lives of the customers who are mm -hmm. buying it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we can, we can do all the good in the world um, as an impact entrepreneur. I mean, we can volunteer, we can make donations, right? We can do all these things. But at the end of the day, we are a business and mm -hmm. we are providing, you know, a good or a service that helps solve some actual practical problem for people. And so overemphasizing sort of the other stuff we're doing and not telling, you know, our, our um, consumers, right, or our target audience how, you know, what we're selling can actually help them um, in just sort of their mm -hmm. everyday life, um, you know, if that's what the product or service is doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, can detract from our actual sales. And so, you know, people love hearing stories about impact, but they also, when it comes to making a purchase, want to know how that good or service is actually going to benefit them. Exactly. To make that investment it almost sounds like they, they get a little lost in sort of treating it almost as a nonprofit type organization where they are so passionate about the problem that they're solving and the social and environmental impact that they may lose focus that they have, they do like they, they focus too much um, on the two P's and forget about the profit. <laughs> right. In that yeah, sense. exactly. Interesting. Very cool. Um, so and actually I do have one question um, kind of going off that point. I am curious, you know, because I, you know, we work with a lot of really amazing impact entrepreneurs with our business, but, you know, I am curious and I've thought about it as well. Have you seen companies that turn into that they have kind of like a foundation where they have sort of like a nonprofit side as well as a, a profit side? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, most major corporations also have a foundation. I mean, you could think of, you know, McDonald's with the Ronald McDonald house, right? Or Walmart has their own foundation. I know our local hospital where I live also has a foundation and it is a for-profit hospital. And so that is something, you know, that, that absolutely um, impact entrepreneurs can do, but having a foundation does create a, a sizable need for additional resources. And so I would say that for most small businesses and even some medium-sized businesses, it, it may not be feasible um, until they're able to really scale their venture. Um, so being able to do that requires a, a, a significant level of scaling that a lot, a lot of small and sort of lifestyle businesses um, don't, you know, ever reach. And so I, I would say that it is an opportunity that if the business is able to scale enough, they could consider, but it's not something that I would recommend to all entrepreneurs. Absolutely. No, that makes perfect sense. And to sort of round us out and wrap up here, I want to kind of touch on the, the aspect of community. So what would you say is the, the kind of key role that community plays for impact entrepreneurs and how can um, our community support you on your journey moving forward? So yeah, another great question. Um, community plays a huge role in becoming a successful impact entrepreneur, especially in light of some of those scaling challenges that I mentioned earlier. Um, really, you know, one of the best ways to overcome some of those scaling challenges as an impact entrepreneur is 
through collaboration, networking, and partnerships. You know, so building your impact community can help with all three of these, you know, by joining networking events, whether it's, you know, Facebook groups or even becoming a, a member of a few different online or local entrepreneurial communities like the one you've created through Earth Ambition, right? These communities can help impact entrepreneurs grow their reach and in turn their impacts. Um, it's also worth mentioning that you know, being an impact entrepreneur can be trying, um, as I'm sure you know, and we, you know, just being an entrepreneur in general can come with a lot of hardship, right? We all have our doubts when growing a business, and we need some support from others who understand. But being an impact entrepreneur can also be particularly trying because oftentimes we are, like you mentioned, really passionate about the social or environmental issues that that we care about and those issues can be heavy and so creating a community that you know feels similarly passionate about those issues and and making positive change through your business can really be powerful um you know having a support network that can help you when you're feeling burnt out or lost or anxious about the issues can really, you know, be impactful for impact entrepreneurs in itself. Absolutely. We've definitely found that ourselves and especially with the, the midst of a pandemic too, just to have the cherry on top. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Entrepreneurship's been real hard over the last oh, yeah. couple of years. <laughs> it's been very real. <laughs> well, wonderful. Well, this is so inspirational. I think we're, we're going to share a lot of these resources in the in the notes here so everyone can can really get started off on the right foot and I want to thank you so much for your time today um, and we'll definitely be be following your journey um, and and we'll definitely keep in touch soon that sounds great Kelly thank you again for having me <laughs> thank you bye bye-bye thanks for tuning in we'll talk to you soon Brand Saving the World is an original podcast and Ola Impact production. Our host is Kelly Rogan, and we appreciate all feedback and podcast ideas sent to the email hello at olaimpact.com.